Hello and welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life podcast. It's been a little while. This is episode 136 and I'm here with Peter, Dr. Peter Bernstein. Um, last time we were with you, we were reviewing uh, a visit that Pope Francis had made to Canada and uh, an article had been written on an account of his visit. And I want to read you just a little bit of the summary we put together for that podcast because it leads in very well to our topic today. Mm -hmm. um, the article in the New York Times said that Pope Francis visibly aging set an example in word and action. His message was, we must embrace our frailty and humanity, preserve the dignity of the elderly, and realize that each of us, regardless of age, is a fragile human being. You know, I, we, we found that lead in after we set up what we were going to talk about. It was perfect. And yet, it's been weeks since we've done a podcast. We've had a lot going on. Um, I was going to talk about what it's like to be on the front lines of helping um, people. Uh, we're, we're working a lot, Jenny and I and, and others, but we're on the front lines of helping families in need from our from our nonprofit Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment, and we're 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 moving out of into Lynn's legacy of uh, and it's interesting how many people are getting in touch with us, how many families without any marketing or advertising, asking for help, and uh, we're really glad that they do. Here's what we're finding though and discovering is that a lot of people have a hard time asking truly, accepting help. And um, also when we do offer it, they find lots of different excuses and reasons to put us off and to back us away. Um, we may see what their needs are and they're real. We see them. And we know how to respond to them. But mm -hmm. we have another part to this, and that is attitudes. Um, the attitudes of not just elderly, but a lot of times a lot of people who are in need. Number one, they do have trouble really accepting help and many times asking for serious help. Yes. And the other part of it is when they do begin that process, we seem to get a rebound that they were a little vulnerable with us and a little open. And what we get back is they push us away, they're ashamed or embarrassed, and they begin to put up posturings to back us out. And we're not talking about folks like ourselves um, being pushy. It's not that at all. In fact, we really work on being very... Very sensitive and as, respectful. Yeah. Absolutely. And yet, it doesn't matter. We run into these attitudes. And, we, and since that last podcast, it really it says a lot. It, it outlines um, what we're running up against. I think that the, the Pope really made a beautiful example of himself as being vulnerable, being a little fragile and frail in his older age. And he spoke openly about it. And the attitudes that m so many of us have toward ourselves who are elderly, elderly and others, um, I, I felt that when I heard that, he really nailed it. And he also showed a humanity and a courage. And it's a set an example to others that it's okay. We need to look at ourselves honestly, and if we need help, to accept it. Um, and to realize we're not always as strong as we would like to be. Or things happen in our lives that are tragedies, they're real. We have younger people, younger families that have lost 
the, the husbands have died suddenly or and we look at that and those are younger families and yet they're in dire shape. And we it's our privilege to serve them and to help them. What we discover though is we have to be very careful. Um, we're not looking to rob people's self-respect and pride. No. We do want to help, um, but we don't want us to tread on their emotions and their feelings about themselves. And we don't want to trigger that stuff off. There's been a couple of, a few very good articles in the New York Times lately on the, we call it the reactions to becoming vulnerable and sharing. And then mm-hmm. uh, you get this rebound effect. They, what do they call it? They called it um, having a hangover from oversharing. Yeah. And that we see that in our work. We see that plenty. We really do. And we yeah. know that that happens and we respect it. And yet we've got to help people accept it's okay to be vulnerable. In fact, that's when they're going to receive the most help for the, to help them heal. And the, when the article pointed out that many people feel after they have shared something very deep and personal, they start to be self-critical and feel um, afraid that they might be rejected or ridiculed or something negative would come back to them when in fact, actually, and they point this out, how many times when you are with someone would you really rather have them be real and genuine and tell you really what's going on with them? Uh, you know, I, we're, we, we know that that is the truth, that people do do that. And a lot of times they'll look at us and go, you're, you're critical of me. We don't feel critical of them at all. No. What we really do see is how hard people are in themselves and critical and self-conscious. Yes. One of the things I've learned as a, as a, a, a psychologist in the field was, that that comes from certain things that happened in their lives, the way they were raised, uh, the way their parents' at, what attitudes were toward them and toward each other and what kind of family values they had. It comes from someplace. And in fact, the angrier and more conflicted the families are, the, the harder people are on themselves. And they yeah. use that criticism, not just against others, but against themselves. And they're almost like they're, they're, worst at, they're, they're their own worst enemies. They feel such shame. Or, or, yes, any of a number of things. Like so that. they shut down. Yeah. Um, we find, and this is what we do, that to set an example of being a human being, we have to do it sometimes in a very tender way, in a careful way, but also to be that and to realize we're no superhuman people either. And it's okay. So in other words, for me to be open about my life, and not to, I'm not talking about hemorrhaging my pain all over them that would be self-centered but to be open about things it's amazing how that will give other people permission Mm -hmm. to begin to do the same thing i have a great deal of that in our community where it's not that i go seeking these deepened relationships it's just who i am and so people feel a permission to just be themselves to share their more deep experiences or their pain or their upsets, and know they're not going to be judged. And they can do it with me. Now that is a reflection of who I am. Jenny does it in a very sweet and authoritative way. And sweet. She's not as open as I am. And, no, not quite. But you know what? People trust her, and they love her. And they're willing to share because they feel they're safe with her. So she has her way, and it's very, very good. There are other people that just can't seem to pull this off because they aren't open and they're very reserved or very removed 
or they have these attitudes themselves. So they wonder why they don't really get the inside scoop of what's going on out there. And for those folks, I want to encourage them to begin to take a look at themselves and their own attitudes and understand that they're not as human and re receptive or causing people to be receptive to them because of what they're putting out. And it's, it's for real. We see it a lot. Mm -hmm. um, it's, and, you know, in the caregiving world, it's an amazing thing. What we see is it's a very, as, as one of our caregivers from Fiji called, it's a very high calling. And what she means is it demands so much of us to take care of others so selflessly. It also demands we are facing ourselves. It really brings it up. Mm -hmm. And if we got some bad things going on, it brings that up. Yeah. If we have pain that we haven't wanted to look at, it brings that up. If we really feel lost and inept, it brings it all to the surface. Mm -hmm. The really good caregivers know how to deal with it. There's, there's another connection here, too, to one of the things you want to talk about today and that is being willing to ask for or accept help mm. because if you are self-critical and you aren't willing to kind of reveal or accept where you are if you do need some help you're not going to be able to ask you're not going to be able to put that out to anyone and then uh, then you're in a very different and we spot. are and we are running into that we are the people who call us who begin to ask don't want us when you really respond to it. And I'm not talking about overbearingly. All of a sudden, the shields go up, the barriers go up, and they we know they need the help. We've already heard what was going on, or from somebody else, or some other family member. So it's not that it's the crisis isn't happening or the need isn't happening, but they feel so self-conscious mm -hmm. about asking for help. Their pride is on. The, we're running into this. Right. With older folks, yes, definitely. Um, we're getting a lot of calls from people, dairy families or horse families, and the pride—very independent individuals. Yes, and yes. I know I'm one and of strong, those. and and there's nothing wrong with that. No, it's just when it gets in the way of getting some help that's needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's absolutely the truth, and I know a lot of horse people. I'm part of that world, particularly with the cutting horse world, and yet. They, it's an interesting thing because a lot of people with me are so open and so real. I love it. So the attitude's going down. But when I really, when you really come to running into like their mother or their grandmother or whatever is in trouble, we run into the pride issue. Mm -hmm. And I'm supposed to be there thinking, I can do it myself. And they've been very independent. And very, they have to be in some ways to be in that world. Mm -hmm. And yet the time comes when we need to receive some help and assistance. And that isn't only pride. It is also having to accept aging mm, yeah. and debilitating circumstances. That's a tough one. That is maybe even harder sometimes than pride. It is tough, I have to say. Um, I'm one of those people that people look at me and they go, you're how old? And they don't believe it. Good, that makes me feel good. I don't, <clears throat> you know, I, I go to, a, as an example, I hurt one of my hips and tore something on one of my horses. And I went yesterday for a surgeon evaluating, and he looked at the x-rays and he heard what my lifestyle is. He said, if I were you, I wouldn't do it because you're gonna break the, what they call appliances that, that they put on me. And they said, it won't hold, because that's what you do. There aren't many people your age that are as active and do That made me feel so good. It relieved you. But I'll tell you what, I have my aches and pains.
and I have plenty of, of damage and injuries from all the years of athletics that I've been in. But you know what? It is part of aging. It's almost like all the injuries are like... You know which one's which. Exactly. This it, is this. This is this. This happened. That, yes. And you know what? I'm one of those that goes, hey, I don't want to be old. I don't want to be treated that way, and I don't want to act that way. And you know what I find out? <laughs> Lots of people feel that way, but they can't deliver the goods. I can. And I can deliver what a younger person can do very actively. And a lot of older people can't. They do physically deteriorate. Mm -hmm. So, And the danger comes when someone is at putting themselves at risk. Yeah. There's one thing to respect someone's independence and pride, but if someone is truly putting themselves yes. at risk, uh, say someone who should not be driving anymore or any number of situations, then it really is a responsible thing for someone to step in. And we're running into that with dementia uh, victims. Uh, Mm -hmm. For some dementia seems to be an epidemic, a lot. and uh, we certainly know about it intimately. My wife passed away from it uh, over a year ago, year and a half ago. We worked with it for years. We've worked with so many people with dementia, and we're seeing it. It's like booming. There's so much of it happening, and some of the issues that come up are pretty standard. One of them is somebody's got to take the keys away. They can't. These people can't drive. We had one fellow last night. We were talking to him. And he's got, he does have to mention, he's a sweet, good man. But he found himself driving on the wrong side of the road. Yeah, it scared him. And that... For good reason. It scared me. Yeah. Because I, I, I stopped him and go, wait a minute, what happened? Yeah. And he said, well, other thoughts came into my mind and you I... got distracted. Yes. And it's, that happens with dementia folks more than the norm. Yeah. So we're running into so many different issues that need help. They need support. And people are, like I said, they're unwilling to accept it. And they can become a physical liability, to, not just to themselves, to others. Someone we care about very much um, is she's getting older. She's been a very vigorous, independent woman. And last week she fell. And um, we would like to get her some more help. But again, she is such an independent oh, woman. Yes. She is not, she's, she's very, very reluctant to take on, accept more help. But then we see the risk that she's. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And um, we work in teams. What we find is that we also have to deal with the families. And there's a lot of dynamics. And they're not all so great. So as a team, we, they'll come and we realize we're doing the work and it's going well. And all of a sudden, a family member starts coming in and, and undermining us. This we find a lot. And we have to begin to get tuned in and sensitive to the different dynamics of the families so we can deliver the goods and help these folks and realize, yes, we appreciate their, their need to be independent. And we all, we all send all the reality, objective realities are. This is a time that, you, that, that she needs to accept help. I'm not bad at it because I can sit and feel it out and whatever, particularly with horse families and, and dairy families. But I'll be honest with you, once the family members start going, I, get, I feel like I've got other <laughs> problems here so yeah, we can even take care of these folks. Very complicated. And we don't want it to. We want to avoid the crisis. We want yeah, to avoid. We do. We do. And a lot of folks that don't realize that what's happening. They don't have our experience of seeing where proceeding in this way can possibly. Be. Yes. We, I hope today 
that this podcast, I feel it's a very important one. We waited because we've had so much going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, really, we've had busy. our hands full. Very busy. Um, but I, I really want to put the word out there. Number one, if you have a family or there's someone in your family that is in need of help, please reach out for some assistance. Mm-hmm. Don't try to do it all yourself. And I know a lot of people do that. Um, we're here to consult with and to talk to about it. Our nonprofit, Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment, that sponsors this, has got an incredible board of directors. Every one of them is such a rich resource, Mm -hmm. and everyone has their expertise. They're all helpers, but really at top of the line. They really have great abilities. And heart. And heart. They're more than willing to help. They do. Um, We are. And we feel that for the rest of our lives, I think this is a very important thing for us to, to do. Mm-hmm. I want to say one thing about giving, and I encourage people who have a little re- or reluctance. One of the things I find about giving is how fulfilled I am by doing it. And um, it's not that I'm doing it for some kind of payoff. Um, it just is something that moves me. And when I do it and I know I'm making a difference, mm-hmm. I'm the one who's fulfilled, and people thank me, um, and for what I'm doing for them, and they say some really nice things, and I got to tell them, I'm getting as much out of this, if not more, than you are, and it's the truth. It's really important because I learned when I had needs to take, when I was taking care of my wife, and financial needs were enormous, um, personal, you know, getting more help for, we did it, I did everything, but I got to tell you, I learned, and people came through for me. Now I can come through for others. And it's it's almost like a spiritual exchange. And it's an awakening and deepening of what I'm called to do in my life. Jenny's the same way. I feel the same way. And we've learned about the caregivers and what they go through. We were there. And we still are. So we want to propose to you all to listen to our podcasts. Seek us out. And we're not doing it for commissions. We're not an agency. We're a nonprofit. We're doing it because we know how important this is, how deep the needs go, and this the, the, the agony and torment and suffering that people go through before, if they even ask for help. We're not perfect. We're human. And we know what it feels like. And we want to be there for you. Anything that comes up along these lines, listen to our podcast. Get in touch with us. I'll have, I'll have the information on that. Absolutely. Yes. Shall I do that now? I guess. I, sure. we're, we're I don't know close. what the timing is. We're pretty much close to done. Okay, there you go. So I will just go right into how to do that. Uh, our podcast is sponsored by Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment, a 501c3 that uh, is working hard on the caregiving issue. And they are at sctraumatreatment.org. And there's a way to connect with them on their website. You can get in touch with us, Peter and I, at the Bernstein Institute at 707-781-3335 or Jenny at BernsteinInstitute.com. Our podcast is on all the podcast outlets and we have our own YouTube channel. Please like and share and Facebook and Instagram and all that good stuff. And I think I've remembered everything. Lynn's Legacy is the uh, Resilience and Renewal for Caregivers. It's the program that SCTT is sponsoring that uh, includes so much of the work we want to do to support caregivers. So thank you for joining us. This is close to our hearts.
so know that we're we're accessible and we do care. Please take care of yourselves and uh, all our best to you. Thank you. Thank you.